Hey y'all, I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 171. And y'all, I got Donna sick. <laughs> so this episode is from the devil, straight from him, he himself. Yes. Oh my gosh. We're about 14 days late recording it. Will <laughs> is going to fire us. Oh my. We were trying to wait on me to get better. And in that time, well, this one got sick. <laughs> So needless to say, this episode's going to be a little bit different. We're only going to do my story because, well, my voice is better, but Donna's is worse. So it's going to be a little shorter, you know, because, well, only one story. Yeah. But you know what we're not going to short y'all on? Patreoners! Well, before that, I do Uh, have a little story that I didn't tell you because I, y'all, Okay, so she went to see a doctor, like, immediate care. I went to see him today, same doctor, and I don't know how she remembered his name, because she's not good with names, but she did. Well, that last name, like, that family, they built this house. Like, they owned all this land that my house was on, and they built this house. And that was one of my sister's best friend's last names in high school. Oh, that makes sense then. Well... I just happened to tell him that we do a podcast and like I have to get better. So I came in as soon as possible. Like my throat started being scratchy last night and I woke up and I was like, nope, going to the doctor. And he was like, oh, well, what kind of podcast do y'all do? And he is an older man and, you know, Southern, very polite. Like he talked so quietly. I was like, what's he saying? Yeah. You know, so I'm like. True crime and paranormal, you know. Like, yeah. Not your cup of tea, sir. Like, Well, just, no judgment. Hey, you never know what he's into. You never know. But just like, we don't have to make the small talk. You know, l- normally I am a small talk person. Ugh, and I am not. Well, we can tell you're not because you would have got some story out of him. Because he came back and he was like, you know, I was thinking about your podcast. I was like, oh, okay. And he said, I actually have a tie to one of like the biggest he said quasi serial killers in history what he said that his son is friends with the son of this guy like the son is from this mormon cult kind of thing you know like they were like mormons but then he kind of changed it you know the the son of the serial killer not the doctor's son yeah not the doctor's son and the reason why his son knows this guy is because the guy married a girl linda from here and so like that's because they were from utah yeah and stuff but uh the the man's name was ervil lebaron and he was telling me some of it you know And I was like, oh, I'll have to get my co-host to do a story on him. And he said that when the man's son was telling him all of this, and it it might be his, like, grandson, actually. I don't know. I can't think of how it is. You know, like, Ervil's grandson. I can't think of how he was saying, you know, whatever. I'm not in my right mind, okay? But uh, he said he was like... I can't believe this happened. Like, I've never heard of this man. You know, like, what? But he said that that man, like, anyone who went against him, basically, he would have his underlings kill them. Yeah. You know? And he was like, 
his own family and whatever. And so he was like, it, it was shocking to see this guy that you would never know had this backstory of like a Charles Manson kind of family. Yeah. Okay, well, that's not who I thought it was. I thought it was this other, one of the first guys that kind of started the Mormon religion after Joseph Smith, whose name was kind of like that. That's what I was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not who it was. But I, and I don't even think he murdered anybody. But his name was kind of similar to that. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like flipping through my brain of the yeah. the files from when I listened to the last podcast on the left's Mormon yeah. series, you know. But I can't even remember that guy's name now. But we'll do this. Because I was like, this is right up her alley. Yeah. Well, I've taken a screenshot and, like, I Googled it when you said it, took a screenshot of it, and noted. Okay. All right. Now that you did your little spiel, you know. Patreoners! So, thank you so much, Carrie Lee G. from Australia. Kelsey O. from Nebraska. Monica K. from Texas. Cheyenne V. from Illinois. Emily G. from Iowa. Brittany B. from Missouri. Carla F. from Iowa. Wonder if they know each other. Oh, they might. They might Iowa each other. Okay. Okay. Shonda E. from Illinois. Sarah S. from Washington. And Joseph G. from Arizona. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for joining Patreon. Hey, and you know what I was thinking about? What, Carrie? I feel like, do you know how many times that people ask me, like, well, one, what's a podcast? How many times, Carrie? A lot. But... Two, when they're like, so you don't have ads? And I say, well, like we get support through Patreon. And they're like, what's Patreon? And I've realized that people probably don't even know what Patreon is. And every single week we're like, hey, thank you for joining Patreon. And if you want an episode shout out, blah, 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 head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. But Patreon is just a platform for a bunch of different creators whether it be podcasters, musicians, different artists, what have you, where they can upload additional content and you can pay like a monthly amount to get that extra bonus content. And it's like exclusive access to that content. So for us and most podcasters, they have extra like bonus episodes. We have bloopers. We do extra slices that's just long kind of tangents, either about ourselves or about the story that week that just didn't need to go into the episode that we just put out. And so there's different tiers for different monetary amounts. And that kind of determines what content you get during the month. But for us, every single tier also gets an exclusive Facebook group separate from the main group where we do a monthly Facebook live where you get to come on, get to chat with us while we're doing the live. We do different things, you know, all the things. And most podcasters have a Patreon. So if it's something that you're interested in, the when you sign up, the money gets taken out right then. It also comes out at the first of the month. So just a disclaimer, if you are going to sign up, this episode does come out at the very end of the month. So I'd hate for you to sign up and let's say you join the $10 tier and you pay $10 on like the 31st. Nope, because there's only 30 days in this month. But let's say you sign up on the 30th and then you get charged again on the 1st. So just know that the, the money comes out on the 1st. You know, we got you back. So anyway, if you're interested in all the extra bonus content, it's an episode extra a week plus Discord, which is kind of like a AOL chat with 
we're in there, plus all the other members of the Creepinati, the extra Facebook group with the Facebook Live. Some of the members of the Creepinati host game nights that we attend sometimes, and there's even some like happy hour nights that are virtual that people host that we attend sometimes. There's just a bunch going on. So head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast and just peruse it and see if it's something for you. Okay, so for the story, well, the only story today, y'all are going to get so tired of my voice, but here we are. The recommendation for this story came from Tasha in the Creepinati. On Discord, there's a bunch of different chats, and in one of the chats is episode recommendations. And in that chat, she made this recommendation. And it was like, oh, that looks good. I'm going to do that one. Because, you know, of course, I pick an episode that could spawn good conversation when neither one of us can talk. So here we are. But we're going to talk about Ryan and Sarah Widmer. The two were happily married and lived in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. Sarah was a dental hygienist and Ryan a sports planner. They had both gone to college in the area and had been introduced on a blind date by some mutual friends. Sarah was friends with Dana, who was married to Chris. And, sorry, this sounds like a lot of people, but Ryan was Chris's roommate in college. And Chris and Ryan were really good friends. And Dana was like, I really think that those two are a good match. Like, it's like, you know, she's like real proud of herself. She's like, this is, I am like matchmaker, matchmaker. You know, she's like, I got this. This this couple's going to last. Ryan's a twin, like a fraternal twin, although they look so much alike. They, they could be identical twins. Was very athletic and, you know, loved sports, was super competitive, but also very relaxed, like just kind of a go with the flow. Yeah, that's fine, whatever. You know, just a very chill, easygoing, nothing really riled him up, you know. I mean, of course, like unless he's on the field, you know, he's got that competitive streak, but he's just very, very chill. Whereas Sarah was his opposite in that way. She was very organized. Everything had to be just so kind of that type A personality. But they met up at a blind date at this pub. Physically, Ryan is this tall baseball player physique. And she's a petite little, you know, blonde. That, you know, they just, you know, they look so, he's so tall and she's so short. She's like probably five two I think five five feet no maybe she's only five feet tall I'll have to I think it says later but you know she's little bitty like 140 pounds she's little bitty and he's real tall he's like well over six feet I mean a baseball player collegiate athlete you know I interrupt my silence to say that baseball players have the best booties oh the way that their calves look in those baseball pants too oh just like chef's kiss (laughs) I know when they met they hit it off and There's a couple of investigation discovery shows on this. Like there's a Dateline and that show Reasonable Doubt. Do you know what show I'm talking about? No, I've actually never heard of that show. It's a pretty good show, although I would like to know what the statistics are on it. But with that show, it is a retired homicide detective from Birmingham. And I don't know why I remember that. I think it's just because it's Birmingham and I love Birmingham. And it's a criminal defense attorney. And I can't remember where she's from. And they take these cases that these families submit to say, like, I think that my family member is wrongfully convicted. And they take it and they look at it and they give this kind of outsider's perspective 
from a police and the judicial side's view. Yeah. And they say whether, you know, no, I, I really think they did it. Or if they say, no, I really think that they are wrongly convicted. I think that they will put pl- things in place to help them. Mm. But that's why I say, I wonder what the statistics are on how many people they actually say like, no, I think they're wrongfully convicted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, and who have they helped? Yeah. You know? I don't know. And I haven't watched every single episode either, you know? But, you know, Sarah's so type A that when they meet, and, you know, they hit it off, and I think it was on the Dateline episode that Dana, who set them up, tells, you know, well, the interviewer, that Ryan is like, you know, hey, can we, when can we meet up again? And she's like, oh, well, let me check my planner. And she like pulls out her little planner and is like, um, and she's like looking, trying to like play, be all coy and stuff. And he's like, the planner was completely empty. Like she, like oh, there gosh. were no, like she had it wide open. Oh gosh. You know, girl got to play hard to get. Well, also don't whip out your planner if you ain't got nothing planned. Well, I mean, Play your cards close to your body, girl. I mean, did you never play poker? Right? You can't just like, oh, here's my trapper keeper and like open it all up. You gotta, you gotta level it against the table and see, she didn't have a belly to press it on. No, see, he's tall though. So even if she had done that, he could look down. Nah, see, I got the belly and that you can. I know, but see, but he real tall and you real short too. So you don't understand that leverage. You still can't, if it's straight up, he is still, how how narrow of a table do you think they were at? Well, they were at a pub. It could have been very narrow. Not that narrow. They could have been sitting side by side. They could have been those people. Oh, no. If if someone sat right beside me on a first date, we would never date again. <laughs> Hence, I'm single. So, there's that. It wasn't long before the two became very serious, very quickly. Things got more and more serious, and Sarah was going to the family events, and eventually they moved in together and bought a house. They lived in the suburbs outside of Cincinnati. It was like 20 minutes from his job and about 45 minutes from her job. They got a little dog, and one day she was coming out of the shower, and when she came out of the room, the dog came up to her, and it had a little engagement ring around its neck. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. And so right outside the bathroom is where he proposed. And so being the type A person that Sarah is, every detail of this wedding was perfect. I mean, even the bridesmaids makeup had to be the same. Oh like my God. their hair, their dress, their shoes, their makeup, their pot, their nail polish, like literally every aspect of the wedding was planned and had to be perfect. I couldn't be in that wedding. No, fuck no. I am... I'd be like, just count me out. I know. Every wedding that I've been in, it's like, yeah, whatever. Just get a black dress. Or get a whatever dress. Put on... Have some silver shoes. I don't care. Hair up or down. I don't care. Like, you know... Yeah. That's that's the kind of shit I'm, I'm here for. So when they got married, Ryan was 27 and Sarah was 24. On August 11th of 2008... It was just a regular Monday evening. They'd both gotten home from work where they had leftover hamburgers, corn on the cob, and cheesy potatoes. Doesn't that sound so good? It does sound good. Just thinking the leftover part. Yeah, I don't really love leftovers, but I do love hamburgers and corn on the cob and cheesy potatoes. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, were they mashed? Were they sliced? What kind of potatoes are you talking? I know. Cheesy potatoes. That, that, mm, that's all. There's a lot of options there. And why is that what we're focused on? I just pulled a Donna. And also, though, here's the thing. Normally, I'd be like, that sounds amazing. But when you tell me I can only have two things of greens per week, I'm like, where's the greens in that? I want me some green beans, some Brussels sprouts. Carrie does these amazing Brussels sprouts, and Tiffany does these amazing green beans. I need those in there. Hmm. So after they ate, they sat down, watched some of Sarah's shows. She had a little bit of a headache, so she was like, you can switch it over to football. I'm going to go upstairs and take a bath because my head hurts. So she heads upstairs to the master bedroom, takes a bath, and Ryan's sitting downstairs watching the football game. After about 30 minutes or so, he decides to head upstairs and go to bed. Because this is, I mean, we're getting close to like 1030 at night. Then at 1049, Ryan calls 911. And we're actually going to play some of this 911 call. So if you don't like 911 calls, skip forward now. Okay. Ryan, Ryan, I need you 
Okay, go ahead and put the phone down and try CPR for me. Uh, okay. okay. Yes, I am. Come on, Sam. Come on. Just in case you didn't listen, though, as soon as he got on the call with the dispatcher, Ryan tells the dispatcher his wife fell asleep in the bathtub. He was downstairs. He just came up. She was laying face down in the bathtub. He tells the dispatcher she falls asleep in the bathtub all the time. The dispatcher, like, tells him to drain the bathtub, which, mistake. And it's like two minutes into the call, at least, before the dispatcher has to tell him to pull her out of the bathtub. Ryan did attempt CPR. The police were at the house within six minutes of him getting on the phone with 911. When they get there, Sarah is found lying naked in the bedroom on the floor. The first thing that the first responders notice is that her hair is wet and her body is dry. So that immediately sparks their spidey senses. When they go to try CPR on her, they notice that she has like this pinkish, white, frothy, foamy discharge coming from her nose and mouth. And that is consistent with a drowning. People who drown have that, that type of discharge that comes out of their mouth. The EMTs try to intubate Sarah two times in the bedroom and they're not able to. They can't get a, a line in. They try multiple IVs. They're just not able to get them in. They ended up finally getting an IV in her neck. They put her on the stretcher and get her in the ambulance so that they can just work on her some more. And in total, the EMTs work on her for 45 minutes before they take her to the hospital, which is not wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. They tried to intubate her two more times, and it, it failed. Ryan is able to ride with the EMTs in the front of the ambulance to the hospital. He calls Sarah's mom. He calls his mom to tell them, try to tell them what's going on. And Sarah's parents live further away. So his mom is able to make it in time and meet him at the emergency room. When they get there, the emergency room physicians and team work on Sarah some more. They try to intubate her two more times and they're finally successful but at this point, she has just been gone for so long that there's nothing they can do. At the emergency room, she was pronounced dead. When they came out to tell Ryan and his mother, Jill, he immediately dropped to his knees, bawling, crying, because Sarah, 24 years old, had been married for less than four months, is dead. Well, of course, anytime you have a death in a house like that, especially someone that's young, it's, it's going to be suspicious and it's going to cause there to be an investigation. And so they immediately bring detectives in and they tell him, you know, hey, we got a 24-year-old drowning victim, died in the bathtub. And they know that odds are if someone drowns in a bathtub, there's usually alcohol or drugs involved. Of course, the first thing that piqued the first responders' interest and the detectives that came in subsequently was the fact that her body was dry and her hair was wet. So they start investigating the master bathroom and the master bedroom. 
And the master bathroom is very small. So he would have had to lifted her out and taken her into the master bedroom to be able to kneel beside her to do CPR. So that's reasonable that he would have taken her into the master bedroom. There were two spots of blood on the carpet. And one was where her head was and one was at her pelvis. And with that pink frothy discharge that was coming out of her mouth, it makes sense that she would have that blood at her head, but why was it at her pelvis? Ryan later says that when he first pulled her out of the bathroom, he kind of stopped in the middle of the doorway and was doing chest compressions on her there, and that one of the police officers told him to pull her out further, and that's what he did, and so that's why there was blood like at her pelvis and her head. But we'll find out later, that police officer was like, no, I never told him to do that. And when you look into the bathroom... There's no water anywhere. Like, there's no water on the floor. There's no wet towels. The rug's not wet. There's no shampoo bottles displaced. There's no wet towels anywhere. There's no wet towels in the laundry where, okay, the dryer's just been run. There's none in the washer, in the dryer. There's there's no cleanup. So what, what the fuck is going on? Right, because, like, the two times I've given Marley a bath, Myself, I know why I pay to have her bathe because the floors are disgusting. I have so many towels everywhere. Yes. It's chaos. Well, and, you know, I make fun of Colby because the boy does not dry off when he gets out of the bathtub. Like, he, I swear to God, he just stops drying off, like, pelvis down. He just doesn't dry off. I'm like, why don't you dry off? I don't know. Men are weird. So but he really doesn't? No, he just kind of whops his towel on his legs and he's done. Uh, it's the men are weird. But one day, because I've been working on this story for quite a few days, and one day he was getting out of the shower and I went in the bathroom to use the bathroom. And I was like, look how wet the floor is. And he thought I was giving him shit about the way he dries off because I do it literally every time. And I was like, I'm not talking about the fact that you don't fucking dry off because you don't. But... I was like, just look how wet the floor is just from you getting out of the bathtub. And I told him just like a little bit of this story. And I was like, now think about if you had just pulled me out of a bathtub because I had drowned. How wet the floor would be. Oh, yeah. And you had just gotten out of a shower, turned the water off. Nothing, everything's drained out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not the water is currently draining. Like, it's completely gone and you just stepped out. And this floor is fucking soaked with it dripping off of wow. you you know yeah and her hair was wet right and it's just weird that if I walk in and I see anybody much less someone that I fucking love but I walk in and I see a random person with their face in the fucking water the first thing I'm going to do is pick them up out of the water not go get my phone and call 911 I'm going to get you out of the danger zone. Yes. Yes. Also, it should be noted, because I'm, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to jump back and forth a lot with this. Y'all know how these stories go. Oh, yeah. It should also be noted that Ryan is CPR trained. Oh, wow. And some of his accusers say it sounds like he's blowing in the phone when he's doing CPR, which is why I thought it was super important to play in that 911 call so that you could hear that moment when he's doing CPR. Because 
when I heard it, I was like, is he blown in the fucking phone? And then somebody was like, it sounds like he's blown in the phone. I was like, it sure fucking does. Because that was the first thing I thought was, it sounds like he's just going. <sighs> yeah. And if he's CPR certified, did you hear? He blew it like four or five times. You blow twice. Two blows, 30 chest compressions. And again, some people could be like, well, it took, you know, police took a little while to get there. No, it was six minutes. Yeah, but why was she turned over, too? So, he was saying, and that was the other thing that was weird, too, is because he said face down, but then, one thing, it made it sound like she was kind of long-sitting. So, like, you know I'm talking about with long-sitting? Her legs were out straight in front of her, and she was just, like, slumped over with her face in front. Okay. With her face in the water. And then... I just don't think people normally drown like that in tubs no never right like it's usually they're relaxing and they slide down. and they slide down yeah when they're when they overdose yeah uh-huh. okay i just want i was like i don't think i've ever seen anyone just like oh yeah this is amazing and ploop there because i feel like when you do that you really would plop into the water and that's like splashing your face with water and that would wake you up yeah, exactly. And that's what comes up later is that it's like they say is it's literally impossible to drown whenever you're not overdosed on drugs or alcohol because one, the shock of the water wakes you up. And if that doesn't work, the suffocation and the lack of oxygen wakes you up. Mm. But the crime scene text like take out sections of the carpet where she was laying like where her head was and all where the blood was and that it should be noted that that was wet but I really do think that his story with that where he had her halfway in the thing and then somebody told him to move her I think that was true because it it makes sense like he Mm -hmm. just pulled her out a little bit and somebody's like no pull her out all the way and Mm -hmm. they just were like no I don't remember telling him that you know right they don't want to look like they didn't do their job right, or right? They yeah, did I really, like I really that. believe him on that, and because that would corroborate why there is two wet sections. Because his thing is the carpet was wet right there. Well, really, that kind of hurts you because that means her head was in both places and her hair was wet. So, yeah, the carpet was wet in both places because it was her hair, not yeah. her body. So I I do believe him on that point. So, but they took the carpet out right there because of the blood stains. So after Ryan got the news that Sarah had died, he went and stayed with his mom. But he needed to get some stuff from the house because you know he needed toothbrush that kind of thing. But he was like, "Mom, I cannot go back in that house." So his mom Jill went in for him to gather up some clothes and that sort of thing. So of course she had to go up to the master bedroom part and she notices that there was a piece of carpet cut out and she was like, fuck, this isn't good. They're like investigating this. Like, this is not good. They think he did this. Like she's putting pieces together, but she's not telling him, but I think she's starting to put pieces together. But, you know, they're trying to reconcile this in their head and they think that she has this history of headaches. She had a headache that day She's known for falling asleep in the most random, bizarre places, like family events, sporting events. I mean, literally the loudest crowd and Sarah's over there like conked out. 
she's literally known for it. And so they're like, it had to be that she just fell asleep. Also, whenever um, the police were at the house, they turned the TV on downstairs, and it was not on the channel that the Bengals game, like, because that's what the football game he was watching. It was not on the channel that the football game was on, but the upstairs TV was. But that's like, okay, so he turned on, like, that's just so minuscule, circumstantial to me, because he could have been like, oh, what's this sports center talking about? Like, that could have been like a quick flip to check out this other game or, oh, uh, Big Bang Theory's on. Let me see which episode. You know what I mean? Like, that could have been anything. And then he went upstairs because that's what he said he did. He went upstairs, started undressing because he was about to get ready for bed and flipped the game on up there. You know, so that could, to me, that's like, it's weird and it makes you go, hmm, but it's like, it literally could have been it. He could have been like, hey, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? What do I need to wear to work? You know, it could have been literally anything. Like, what what channel was it on then? Well, my TV, it comes on, like, when I turn on the TV, it's on stations I've never watched. Right. It's literally on shit that only my dad will watch, and he's never watched it in the living room. Right. So, I just feel like that's like a, uh, you know, I mean, like, it's a hmm thing, but I, that's not like a prove anything. Yeah. So, the county coroner does the autopsy, and determines the cause of death is drowning. He found that there was faint bruising on the right side of Sarah's forehead with petechial hemorrhage on the inner surface of her eyelid, bruising on the left side of her neck, a contusion on the back of her neck, an abrasion on her left armpit, and bruising and lacerations to her upper lip. She had deep muscle hemorrhaging in the anterior of her neck and contusions to her scalp. And he ruled the manner of death as homicide. He said that the injuries on her were inconsistent with injuries that would be created through CPR and like other life-saving measures. But, okay, so here's my question. What side of the neck was the IV in? That would be my question. The armpit, that could have been how they dragged her how he dragged her into the room or out of the tub as far as like the forehead and the inner surface of the eyelid and the neck, but the back of the neck, I don't know about on that, but the upper lip, I think that could happen with them just positioning her to intubate her. And then the anterior neck, I think it depends on where they are because that could be again, where they're handling her. Cause like you think about like the C you have to make to like hold the ambu bag to tilt the chin up for CPR and to, to, I've never intubated anybody obviously, but, and to intubate somebody like, so depending on where the bruising is on her, what, what they're calling the anterior neck, if it's like more under her chin, that could be from like the intubation and all. But if it's like anterior neck, like where strangulation would happen, then yeah, that's probably where she was held down being drowned. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I could see some of those bruisings being either way. Mm-hmm. But don't you think the coroner thought about that? Well, I mean, I think so because, I mean, he said it's not consistent with CPR. So, I hope so. But then later, something else comes out. So, toxicology comes back and says that there's no drugs or alcohol in her system, just a little bit of caffeine. 
Ryan had done an interview with police, but it wasn't super, super formal. It was more so they just came up to the hospital, asked him some questions, and there his story changed a little bit. He said that he found her face up in the water instead of face down, and you know, they were just, again, really starting to be suspicious because, again, she was kind of dry and his 911 call was just filled with all of these details. It just felt rehearsed. And again, people who give too much detail are usually the ones that are fabricating their stories. Also, I'm just sitting here thinking about this. My hands stay pruny for a little bit after I've been in the tub for a little bit or the pool or whatever. And so if he found her, didn't turn her over or anything, but instead called 911, it took the cop six minutes to get there and he didn't pull her out until into the call. Right. She would have, like, her skin would have been something. You know what I mean? Like, there would have been signs that... I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. And that was like specifically noted that she didn't have any like pruning of her fingers and toes. But, you know, one could say like, well, she maybe she sat with her arms on the outside of the bathtub. But her toes. Well, but some people like I hold my feet up and my toes aren't in the whole time. So, I mean, again, it's. Okay. If you hold your feet up, one, you're taller than five foot nothing. True. Okay. Also, if a five foot nothing person prop their feet up on the side to have their toes like yeah that water would have to be like really short like yeah yeah i do it because i'm so big that i do it so that the water doesn't drain itself out in the overflow valve right you know what i mean like i just feel like the water levels would be different and i I don't know yeah no I, i totally get it but again it's it's like a hmm thing but it's so circumstantial that it's it doesn't well i was gonna say hold water (laughs) oh damn but shouldn't bad 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 choice of words also they would not want me on this jury because these are all the things i'd be like look as a bigger person this is what i'm thinking right and as a shorter person this is what i know right like i cannot prop my feet up like that like if my legs are straight my toes are underneath the water. Right. If the levels are up, you know. Yeah. If not, then I am slouched and that level is higher, but there is no way I can drown in that water because there is not enough water. Exactly. Well, the police did think that there looked to be some, not necessarily like fingerprints, but fingerprints and streaks in the bathtub that they dusted for. And they determined that it looked to be like forearm prints from a struggle like she was trying to slide and like keep herself up and so they did this kind of fingerprinting type test to see what they could figure out but again you can't prove when those were made whose they are all the things and so it's like eh, yeah I mean yeah you got like in trial they end up like bringing the bathtub out and they're like look at all these prints and these forearm streak marks and all of this that looks like there's been a struggle, but it's like, okay, but when did those happen? And I mean, have you seen me try to clean a bathtub? I put my arm wherever it can fucking hold me up while I'm reaching and trying to clean that damn thing. You know, so it's like, okay, yeah, but also have you seen me try to get out of a bathtub? 
Very, very true. So there's no there's no proof of when that happened, yada, yada, yada. So, I mean, it's like, okay. Also, though, she is only five foot and 140 pounds. Well, but they're saying that some of them are his, too, though. And it's like him holding her down, you know? Yeah. Well, after they found out that the death had been ruled a homicide... Ryan's kind of figuring things out. Like, he's going to be, he's kind of like a person of interest. So, he lawyers up. Which, again, I'm not saying anything about that. Right. Like, that's your right. I think you should. Yeah. And his lawyer recommends that he get a second autopsy performed. And so, they do. And then he finds out that just a few days after her death, there's a warrant for his arrest. And so he turns himself in, and he's booked on charges for her murder. So it goes to trial, and everyone is shocked because they think that Ron and Sarah had this picture-perfect life and that there was no issues in the marriage. There was no evidence of any affairs on either part. There was no money troubles. They had no debt to speak of. Ron had a few student loans, but he had like a half-paid scholarship to college. So, you know, he didn't even have a a big amount of student loan debt. You know, they had the house, but that's basically it. Who paid for their wedding? I don't know, actually. Because I feel like that that was super expensive for how type A she was. Yeah. So as all this is happening, Ryan's mom is very supportive of him. And, you know, when he first gets arrested, Sarah's family is too. You know, they're supporting him, and they're like, we don't think that he did this. They were even postponing the funeral until they could get him bonded out of jail so that he could attend the funeral. And Ryan hadn't been in contact with his dad since his parents had a pretty bad divorce, and it was kind of a, they ended up choosing sides, and they chose their mom's side, and so he hadn't talked to his dad since he was like 18. And his dad came back in his life and even put up, bond for him and you know all of this and so I guess that's something good that came out of it but he ended up not being able to get out in time for the funeral but they read his eulogy at the funeral and they let him decide on you know whether to bury her or cremate her and all of that I don't care who you are Is that not her decision? Had she not discussed it? Well, that's what everything said was that he was even like, well, I don't know what to do because we haven't talked about this. Because, okay. I'm sorry. She is a type A person. I feel like she had this written out somewhere. Well, and here's the thing. They had only been married four months. But how long had they dated? Well, that's what I was going to say. A couple of places I heard that really they had only been together for like 10 months. And then another thing... When I watched that Reasonable Doubt, his brother said two years. And that was the first time I'd ever heard two years. Everything else had said they'd only been together for like 10 months. So I'm not sure. But that seems like really quick to like even buy a house, you know? Yeah. So for them to be together, buy a house and get, you know, get engaged and get married. That's just a really quick timeline. Just because fucking logistics, you know, just right? to plan a wedding and buy a house. That takes some fucking time. Yeah. So I feel like the two years is probably more accurate, but it also, that was the only place I heard two years. Everywhere else, I heard 10 months. So they, I don't think that they knew each other for very long. Well, 
honey, if you're getting married, you should know how you want to die. Not how you want to die. How you want to be buried or well, cremated. Yeah. How you, how you want your remains to be taken. Yeah. Well, I mean, also how I want to die. I want to die an old woman alone in her bed. What movie? You're, you're one, right? Uh-huh. You're one that you like? I like a lot. But the one, the one. <laughs> with Drew Barrymore. No! Oh, that I don't know. Titanic. Oh, I almost said that. Because he's like, Rose, you're good to You can be a dying old woman. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if not him, her parents... Right, and I feel like, so that's why I was like, the first time I heard that, I was like, they've only known each other for that short of time, and they're giving him, like, that much control. I don't know. I just feel like if there was any question as to the manner of your death, even the fact that I know that you want to be cremated, but there was a question as to the manner of your death, you wouldn't be cremated. Right. I would be like, we're going to bury her. Well, you better just freeze me. I don't want to be buried. There's bugs. Well, how am I going to freeze you? Just be a... Is that a thing? Well, I don't know. Well, and that's the thing, too, is they had to have the funeral home, like, hold her body, like, keep it protected, you know, like, however you do, before they cremated her so that they could perform the second autopsy on her. Yeah. You know? And so it's like they had... I don't know, that's just, this just sucks. That's just weird, and it's, like, more on her body. You know, it just, yeah. bless their hearts. But, like, even though I know you want to be cremated, if there was any question as to, did someone kill you? How did you die? Like, bizarre circumstances. We're fucking holding off until there's clear answers. You know? Right. But they did end up cremating her. But that was after both autopsies were performed. Also, though, can I just ask if Ryan is a cult leader? Because he seems to have that genocide. Yes. Yeah, all of this power. This all goes to trial. Like the arrest happens, the trial happens, everything happens very, very quickly. And that was kind of a hmm thing for some people was like, why did this all happen so fast? Especially because it was all like circumstantial evidence. Like usually whenever it's that quick, it's like we got DNA, we got video footage, we got like receipts, like we got all the things, you know. But this was like a solely circumstantial case with literally no clear motive. Because like I said, there was no money problems. There was no proof of affairs. There was no life insurance policy for either. Like I think he had one oh, like on himself, but there wasn't one on her. So there was... No money, you know, there was, there was like literally no motive that they could find. And so it's like, what, what's the point? Like, why would he have done this? They've been married four months, you know, like they had these plans. Like what was, why? So when they went to trial, the prosecution, of course, like calls the coroner who tells all the things about the bruising and all of that. And he also testified that he thinks for Sarah's body to have been dry and her hair to have been wet. The only explanation would be that she was held over something and drowned. And it was just her head submerged and not her body. Like over the edge of the bathtub, the toilet, a sink, something like that. And, you know, that's how she was drowned. Please never drown me in a toilet, please. The ultimate swirly. Oh, God. Uh, It should be noted that they hired, they being Ryan's team, hired Dr. Spitz, who's like this well-known autopsy guy. Like, he did, like, JFK's autopsy and, like, like, like big deal. But I hate him because of his last name. 
Okay. Well, he said that, yes, she did die by drowning, but he ruled it undetermined. He said that he thinks that, that all of the injuries, he, he also, there was like a tear in her liver too, I, I forgot to say earlier. All of that could have been from the CPR and stuff. I don't know how the tear in the liver could have been because wouldn't there have had to have been like a broken rib or something to tear? I don't know. But he said it should not have been ruled a homicide. It should have been ruled undetermined and like this trial shouldn't be happening. The prosecution called somebody that was like, like we said, like, hey, you cannot have, you can't drown by just fucking falling asleep. Like you would wake up. You have to be drugged, yada, yada, yada. But then the defense is like, okay, Sarah had a, pristine manicure she had like french manicure but not acrylic nails it was her real nails just painted french manicure like her nails were pristine there was she even had some female dna under her fingernails like there was nothing wrong with her nails if she was in a fight for her fucking life being held submerged underwater like wouldn't her fingernails be messed up not if they're jail true because let me tell you, I scratch myself <laughs> every time I think about it. I scratch myself so much. But with jail nails, that's a variation on that song. <laughs> I I cannot fuck them up. And that's why I get it. And I am telling you, like we all know it. We all know I'm going to the Mayo <laughs> to get for my skin. So like jail nails are where it's at. So it could have been that. Yeah. So, just because they're not acrylic doesn't mean anything. Right. Also, I don't know. Again, I don't know. I haven't seen a picture of her or anything. But I'm 5'2". I have short T-Rex arms. If someone's behind me, I'm just... Since someone said she could have been held down since her hair was the only thing wet. If someone's behind me, yeah, I could get their, like, arms maybe. But... I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I only have limited range on where I could really get them. And depending on if he has me all the way underwater, it's not going to rip. Also, gel makes your nails not as scratchy either. They kind of round them a little bit. So that's another reason I get them because it doesn't. You know, like, I'm I'm not being silly here. Like, it really does. It's a dull, it's a more dull nail. Yeah. And I do that because I will scratch scabs and everything. And if I can't scratch my scab off with it, you're not going to break skin easily either. Right. Get me on this reasonable doubt. Well, the other thing is that the defense is like, okay, well... You know, she must, she must have had some sort of, you know, with her history with the headaches and the falling asleep, you know, did she have some sort of seizure or aneurysm or something like that? But the autopsy looked at all of that. Her, All of her organs were fine. They checked all of that, and everything was as it should be in a 24-year-old. So none of that made any sense. And Ryan's stuff, his account just doesn't add up. You know, he says he finds her in the bathtub, slumped over, drowning. He goes and gets his phone, calls 911, then drains the bathtub because he's told to, takes her out of the bathtub because he's told to, but then only takes her partially out of the bathtub. Like, so he has her just like halfway flapping out of the bathtub and then finally pulls her out the whole way. 
he's like over six feet tall, an ex like collegiate athlete, and he can't pull his hundred and forty pound wife out of the bathtub. And I could pull a fucking woolly mammoth out of the bathtub if it was fucking my partner in life. You know what I mean? I would be able to pull Colby out of the bathtub if he was drowning. I mean, parents can lift a fucking car off of their children in a traumatic event. Your body can do amazing things in traumatic events. Oh, yeah. And she wasn't, she wasn't wet, so there really wasn't any water. Well, so it goes to the jury, and the jury is actually gone for a long time. They asked to see the bathtub, and like people were getting real nervous. So the two charges that the jury was making a decision on was count one, aggravated murder, and count two, murder. So the jury found him not guilty of count one, aggravated murder, but they found him guilty of count two, murder. And he's like, whoa, and like makes a statement. But he didn't testify on his own behalf, but he like makes a statement like, judge, I didn't do this. I didn't kill my wife. And they take him off. Well, then, not long after that, the defense attorneys get a fax. And the fax says, hey, you should know that there was some juror misconduct. Some of the jurors conducted their own home experiments to see how long they would stay wet when they got out of the shower. And that's like a no-no. You cannot conduct your own at-home experience. Like they were explicitly instructed, do not conduct your own at-home experiments. You cannot do this. So the defense attorney takes this to the judge, and the judge has no choice but to declare a mistrial. So, of course, it goes to a second trial. I do want to note that the not guilty verdict on the aggravated murder charge stays. They just are retrying him on the guilty verdict of murder. So, in May of 2010, Ryan has his second trial. And, you know, this time it's like it's kind of a good and bad because, you know, now the defense knows what the prosecution's going to bring and the prosecution, you know, they kind of, they, they've seen each other's cards. So they're able to prepare a little bit more. The jury deliberates and deliberates and deliberates and it results in a mistrial because they cannot reach a verdict. So then in January of 2011, Ryan's third trial starts. So this time there was new evidence at the trial. Some of Sarah's co-workers would testify that during her lunch breaks, she would go to sleep, like in her car, she would eat a quick lunch and then go to sleep. The dentist that she worked for said that she had a headache and a stomachache that whole day, the day that she died. And the defense tried, so what they tried to say is that she has this disease called long QT syndrome. Basically, it's a heart condition that usually has like seizures, loss of consciousness, that kind of thing that goes along with it. And so there's like a big push to get her DNA tested for this long QT syndrome. But the symptoms that she had, the sleepiness, the headaches, those aren't symptoms of that. She never had, she never passed out. She never, you know, and so it's like she didn't have that. And like her heart looked good on autopsy she had two autopsies one of which was the defense's autopsy and it looked good so she didn't have that they also tried to say that she had narcolepsy but this time sarah's mother took the stand 
And she testified on the behalf of the prosecution. So Sarah's family isn't supporting Ryan anymore. She said that she never witnessed any problems with Sarah's sleep patterns. She said, yeah, she got headaches, but it was always just like her sinuses. Like there was nothing, no histories of seizure disorders or anything like that. When she was a baby, she had a cleft palate and a heart murmur, and she had to have surgery for that. When she had surgery for the cleft palate, they had to do like an EKG and stuff. And all of that was completely normal. And so it's like, while she could have developed the long QT syndrome later in life, it's apparently not very common. Like you would have, from what I saw, you would have seen it early on. And she had gone to the doctor weeks before her murder, basically. Let's call it that. She had gone to the doctor weeks before her murder and everything checked out. Like just for like her yearly physical. Like she was one that, did what she was supposed to do, going for her yearly physicals. Okay, so before the second trial happened, Dateline had released their episode on the case. And there was also, like, websites for support and run kind of thing. And so he got a lot of people that reached out to him, supporting him, blah, 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 blah. He's attractive. A lot of women reached out. So there was this woman by the name of Jennifer Crew. And she was a witness for the prosecution on this third trial. And she said that one night, Ryan called her. You could tell he had been drinking. He was crying. And he confessed to killing Sarah. He said, I did it. I did it. I killed Sarah. I did it. And she said that she was like, what? And that he told her that he and Sarah were in the living room. They had just fought because she had like caught him cheating and she was tired of him drinking and smoking and like watching porn all the time, which the police had found like him watching porn and stuff on the computer. But they're like, I mean, everybody watches porn. So, I mean, we're not porn shaming. I mean, most people watch porn. Right. And but if, if it was a problem for their, their relationship. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of couples watch porn together and make porn together or whatever. And if that's part of your healthy relationship, totally okay. Right. But if it's not part of a healthy part of your relationship, if it's an addiction, if it's whatever, then it's a problem. Well, Jennifer said that he told her that Sarah was going to leave him. Like, Sarah went upstairs and was like, I'm, I'm done. Like, we're getting a divorce. Like, I'm done. And Ryan, on the phone with Jennifer, said, nobody leaves me. Nobody leaves me, and I mean nobody. And so, of course, on cross-examination, they're like, um, so you've been arrested before, right? Like, you've used fake IDs and been arrested for, like, fraud and stuff. You know, she's got a checkered past. I forgot to say this, too. She also said that Ryan told her that he only pretended to do CPR when he called 911. And I was like, I fucking knew it! Because it sounded just like he was just blowing in the phone. Right. Well, they were like, well, why didn't you come to us sooner? You know, because she started talking to him before the second trial. Like, this happened before the second trial. And then she didn't tell anybody until this trial. And she was like, well, I was fearful for my life 
because he killed this wife. He told me, you know, and when the second trial ended in a mistrial, because she was like, I just knew he was going to get convicted and he would get convicted without me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she was like, when it ended in a mistrial, she was like, I knew I had to just come, I had to come forward, you know, fuck my safety. I had to come forward. Well, so like I said, back on the cross-examination, they were like, you know, you have a history of theft and fraud and all that, just trying to... You lied about this in the past. How can we not... How can we trust you now? Yeah. Yeah. And then the defense had their own witness that said that she had met Ryan through, like, sending him letters and all that, you know, she reached... (laughs) That she reached out to him after he had been on Dateline through the website... They had been talking back and forth. You mean that's how I'm going to meet my soulmate is Dateline's website? Exactly. No, not Dateline's website. His website. They watched him on Dateline and then went to like supportryan.com. Okay, okay. okay. I don't know if that's a website. Don't go there. It's probably a porn site. (laughs) Okay. I have no idea. So this other witness is like, I can't remember her name. She's like, no, I talked to him like 30 minutes, 30 minutes an hour or whatever before she did and he was not drunk he was not upset he was totally fine you know all the things so i don't know what the fuck she's talking about kind of thing so they had a rebuttal witness but i feel like the damage was done but i also think that it was weird because jennifer had a boyfriend but her interactions with ryan were kind of sexual and her boyfriend encouraged her to go to the police. So I don't know if she got the boyfriend after Ryan or I, I don't know. That was just kind of weird. So I was like, are they trying to like exploit him a little like her and the boyfriend? You know, like I couldn't. That yeah. was kind of a weird like maybe they have an open relationship again. No judgment there. But like, I don't know. It was just weird. Like it was just like, wait, she got a boyfriend when he I don't know. Yeah. Also, though, defense witness. I don't know if you know this, but I can go. Zero to a hundred in um, five minutes, right? On the drunk level and the emotional level, right? Just get her to laugh really hard, and boom, she's crying, right? And I have not killed anyone. I'm not saying he has. I'm just saying I have not, right? Definitely have not. Well, and you know when they were showing the autopsy pictures at this trial, Ryan didn't really react, and he. Still didn't take the stand on his own behalf. But again, there's really not a reason for him to hurt her. But everybody rested. It went to the jury. They were only out this time, I think, for like two days. It wasn't very long. And they found him guilty of murder. And he was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison. And he's still in prison. He still has a lot of supporters. But even some people who were supporting him at the beginning have switched and he's been in jail for like 10 years and he's still there now. So, honestly, this is what I think happened. I mean, we've got two juries that found him guilty. The third was like, I forget what the numbers were, but it was more guilty than not. And then like three undecided, you know? Mm-hmm. So, whatever that math is. But it was like most, I feel like we're leaning toward, like most were guilty. Yeah. And I do want to say that on that show, Reasonable Doubt, you should go watch it because they really, you know, they really do a good job breaking things down. And I just feel so sorry for his twin brother because, you know, and his mom, Jill, she spent 
I mean, she like tapped out her 401k. She spent like $500,000 on his defense. And she coped with drinking and it literally eventually killed her. I mean, she oh, has gosh. she has passed since he's been in prison. And, you know, it's just, it's a heartbreaking story, just the domino effect. But I do want to say that in between, I think it was in between the second and third trial, he met someone from the website named Sarah, ironically, got married and had a kid with her. And they've since divorced. But so now the kid's like five or so. Well, I guess it'd be 10 now because he's been in jail 10 years. But, you know, and he's like, but since he's been in jail, he's like tattooed Sarah's name on his wedding ring hand, finger. So he's like, I think about her all the time. Which oh, one? Yeah, right. And then, I don't know. I feel like there's more to the divorce. It just felt like there was more than she that she wasn't saying. But anyway, but she still brings her kid to see him like once a month. So, so what do you think happened? Okay, I think that he really was in. He didn't. He doesn't want to be monogamous. Like he likes women. He used his website to meet women. I mean, we know for sure three that he was messaging the the two witnesses and then the uh, the Sarah two point that right. he had the baby with. We know for sure three. And that it clearly was, it was sexual with all three of them. There's no telling how many others there were. Mm -hmm. And these are the people who are supporting you when you're on trial for your wife's murder. Okay. You know, I feel like he probably really did have some porn addiction that made Sarah uncomfortable. And he's like, what, what, you know, which again, if that's part of your relationship and everybody's cool with it fine but if it's a problem then it's a problem you know but sarah had just gotten back from a trip when police did the when police were looking through the house they even found her pink suitcase still with some clothes in it because they were like oh well is she about to leave him like was she packing up but it was like no because she had just gotten back from a trip there were so many things that talked about how Basically, type A she was. Everything had to be just so. Everything had to be perfect. The bridesmaid's makeup, the this, the that. Everything had to be perfect. She would tell you how it was. They even said in the dateline when it was the couple that set him up, the Chris guy, the the roommate was like, yeah, I mean, we did what Sarah wanted to do. We went to the restaurant Sarah wanted to go to. We went to blah, 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 blah Sarah wanted to go to. And me and Ryan would just be like, whatever. It was just easier to go there. You know? So I'm not saying she was a bad person and I'm not saying she deserved any of this. Right. But, but she was, a, and he knew what he was getting into. Right. That's a thing. Yes. He knew what he was marrying. I, she's fucking wonderful and she didn't fucking deserve this at all. She's the fucking victim. But I think that, you know, that it was a quick relationship. He had a little time apart from her and probably did hook up with somebody real quick. Just met somebody at a bar, hooked up with them, you know. And or the porn thing or whatever. So that's why they couldn't really find anything on receipts or, you know, for the affairs. They even said, like, watch some of Sarah's shows and then she let him watch the football game while she went to the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just how they said that, it was like, yeah, you know, it, she was the dominant one. And he got some time apart from her. She came home and she he was like, Man, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. I don't like this. Yeah. And he just fucking lost it. 
That's what I'm thinking, too. And, again, not victim blaming. No, fuck no. She did not deserve this. I'm not saying that they at all. They just were not the perfect couple. They, they were should not, not have no. gotten married. No, no. You know, that's what that should have, you know, that should have never happened. No, and I think that he's, I know people like him who get married, but they don't want to be married. They want to have girlfriends. They want to have affairs. They do not want to be married. And it's like, why did you get married? Because they, you know, and it's like, I just get that vibe from him. Everything about him, you know how I am. I just can fucking read people sometimes. And I'm telling you, that's how he is. Like, he just likes the game. He just likes the chase, the hooking up with women, The you know what I mean? And, I mean, he used his fucking website to lure women into him. Yeah. That's fucking so goddamn inappropriate. Okay, so we might cut this, so it might never air, because this is bad. Because <laughs> I'm going to, because I'm going to say it, compare him to a victim, but he kind of gives me a little Travis vibes from uh, Jody Arias. I don't think so. Only because Travis wanted a certain thing. Jody wasn't that. And so Jody was like the side chick. Yeah. Jody was his porn addiction. Like yeah. this guy's Ryan's porn addiction, you know? Yeah. And Sarah was the Mormon or whatever they were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Sarah was that. Was what Travis wanted. Right. And so it was like the petite, cute, like she has everything right. She's independent. She's, she made more money than him too. It was only like $10,000 more, okay. but she made more money but than him. But she's independent. She's, you know, he doesn't have to be dominant. And he liked that probably because he was always, you know. Because he could just kick back and not do anything. Right. And she's going to get it done. She's going to make the list. She's going to go grocery shopping. She's going to clean the house. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. And he liked it until he, he didn't. He Yeah. Until he was like, wait. And he had that break. And it is. It's hard when, even when we are away from each other for like a weekend or whatever, that first time back, it's just like our personalities are getting back in time. And sometimes it's like, oh, my God, like, who that break? And then it's like, oh, okay, okay. You know, and we're just, we have been together for a long time and we're just friends. Mm -hmm. Like, and, you know, but also we would never kill each other. Right. That's no. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, you would pull my big ass out of the fucking tub. Yeah, that, and and that was one of the things that, on that reasonable doubt, that they were like, it it was a hard, his brother had a really fucking hard time, because they were like, I'm sorry, but he did this. Yeah. And, you know, that was what, you know, the detective, he's real tall, like Ryan, and he was like, his wife is only 140 pounds. He could easily have picked her up out of that tub easily and if I walked in and I saw my wife slumped over in the tub drowning the first thing my first instinct would be to scoop her up and get her out of that tub and it wasn't his that he says and when I confronted him with it this is what all he's in and when I confronted him with it he didn't have an answer for it and then he gets defensive you know mm-hmm. because he's fucking lying and his story changes on how he found her and, you know, and then you hear the 911 call and he's got so much information and all that. And, he, y'all, he fucking did this. I'm sorry. It's a circumstantial case, but he fucking did this. Yeah. Because, you know, her body being dry, he, he fucking did this. He submerged her head under fucking water or he, he held her down in the bathtub. I don't fucking know. 
but he and he drained it. Or I don't, I don't fucking know. But what I bet he did, he held her head over the bathtub so that he could then say, "Oh well, when I pulled her out of the tub, I just left her kind of hanging over. So if she had the bruises, he'd be like, well, that's because I left her hanging like that. Like when I pulled her out, let it drain and all, and then I pulled her all the way out into the. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Look, everyone has a breaking point, but not everyone, you know, kills when they get to that breaking point. So I can understand, like, I wouldn't want someone who is that type A. I also would not get to that point where I'm like, hey, let me propose to you and let's get married. And then I wouldn't be like, hey, you know what? Instead of me saying, like, no one's ever going to leave me. And I'm amazing. I'm going to kill you. Like, yeah, but would, you're not a fucking narcissist. Right. And he's, like, is. Yes. I'm telling Ugh. you, watch the interviews with him. He is dripping with it. Ugh. When you hear the story, it you, it makes you, like, a little, yeah. Because there are, there it, it is circumstantial. But when you watch his interviews and you see the person, not his appearance, when you see his mannerisms and his tells you're like "Mm, nope he did it maybe he was attracted to her because like how I am attracted to emotionally unavailable or emotionally broken people because I feel like I can better them or change them help them heal them whatever he thought because he's narcissistic one if she's hot or his version of hot Two, he could, like, conquer her because she is independent and all of that. So it's like, I can bend her to my will. But then he couldn't, you know? And, like, maybe he gained more of that power back. And then it was like, she came home and was like, no, we're watching my shows. We're doing this. And it was like, I can't, she's not worth it. Like, there's plenty more of her. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, I'm like, okay, you're so stupid, though, because... Like, there's a billion other ways you could have done this. Like, you could have been like, oh, she has a headache. Let me, like, mix all this up in her fucking water and drug her. You know what I mean? Like, oh, she had a headache. Let's overdose her on Benadryl. Let's, you know what I mean? Yeah. She took too many of this and she fell asleep in the bathtub. You know? Right? I know. I mean, I'm not saying to do that, y'all. No, no, no. Don't kill anybody. But that was fucking dumb. Like, yeah. That was the first thing. I was like, she was slumped over. I've never heard of anyone doing that. They always... In all the movies I watch, y'all, they always submerge that way. Yeah, because that's real fucking life. (laughs) Hey, they're based, they're ripped from the headlines, and they are based on a true story. Exactly. This was a good one. Sorry, it actually worked out that this was the episode for the uh, single one, because this was a fucking long story. I told you it was going to be a long one this week. Yeah, sorry, y'all. This episode, like, this should have never been recorded, okay? This is the episode that... Between my illness, her illness, we both got our C++ certification (laughs) trying to fix audition. It took us an hour. That's what we record on. Yeah, that's that's our recording platform. Not what we upload and all. It's just what we, like, record the episode on to send to Will. We had to, like, delete and add files and change files and all these things. (laughs) And then, whew. But we are here. We've made it. Uh, Thank you, Will, for being so patient and last minute editing us this week because I know we have been a pain in your ass. So shout out to Will. You are the fucking best. And thank y'all so much for supporting and listening. Hey, let us know what y'all think about this case. 
Ron, guilty or innocent? Yeah. Uh, I'm going guilty. What do you think? I'm going guilty. I I was like, Donna's either going to be in it. She's going to say either innocent and piss me right the fuck off. Or she's going to surprise me and be like, oh, he fucking guilty. Guilty. When you said that she went up the stairs to the bath, I was like, guilty. One more thing I got to say. Basically, she died where he proposed. What happened to their little dog? Oh, it was barking in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there. It went to somebody. That's also another thing. Like, I feel like if she had, depending on where the dog is, but I will tell you, my dog was not a service dog, and she is a little lassie with my dad. Yeah. Like, he was literally choking, and she didn't even bark. She, like, did something, but she came and stood outside the door, and I was like, what the, I'll get you water, what you want? And she was like, no, no, bitch, come to him, you know, and, like, helped me several times with him yeah you know and so i feel like the dog would have alerted him a little bit sooner if if he was up there or whatever yeah like i don't know i just feel like dogs dogs know dogs are a little especially if it's a smaller dog i'm just picturing with if you can get because if you tried to put a ring around bo's neck oh fuck that okay i would never if you tried to put a ring around marley's neck one she would i don't even is that a mandible right here is that what that is uh-huh that would be, like, because you know she'd have that, like, the ring all stuck in her. She would legit have it in her canine tooth. Yes. Like, in it, seconds. Yes. And then so, we'd have to wait days for her to shit it out. Oh, God. I'd be like, can you just get another one? <laughs> Please. Well, you know I don't want an expensive one. I'm like, just get a gumball I wish y'all could see my fucking face. This girl, yeah, she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Well, for real, y'all let us know what y'all think. Guilty or innocent. We both say guilty. Either way, he's in prison right now. I think he's eligible for parole in like four years now. You know he's getting some conjugals. No, he's not. He got divorced. He's not married to anybody anymore. Oh, he might still be getting some conjugals. He's getting something from somebody maybe, but uh, I'm. Oh, and he he did say he's like still in contact with some of the some of the people from the website. I'm like, oh, I'm sure you fucking are, Chris fucking Watts. I'm sure you Why fucking you have are. To bring him up because they close to the same. So, thank y'all so much for supporting us and being so understanding and, again, our fucking random illnesses. Hey, it's only happened. This, we're knocking on wood because... Oh, uh, my God. If we did this with Marley close by, that girl would... have lost her shit. Uh-huh, Bo doesn't even... Sometimes if the doorbell rings, <laughs> Bo will be like... Bruh, bruh. My God. But um, it's been a while because when you said typhoid Mary, I was like... Well, that was... 2019 was the year of illnesses, and then you got sick last year this time. Yeah. So it really, my infusions have been working. Yeah. Okay, this is the most Southern fucking goodbye ever. Thank y'all so fucking much for supporting us. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared. Bye.